0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order on today's show. The 2020 SEC football season has come to an end We'll run through the top 10 stories from the weekend that was in week 13 of the SEC. The uh, college football playoff rankings have been finalized. The SEC with one lone team in the playoff with one seed, Alabama. Texas A&M is left out. We'll discuss why that happened. And lastly... The Heisman Trophy voting is in. We don't know who will win the award just yet, but we will break down the guys who are all in the running. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day, five days a week. All right, let's jump right into it. Our top ten stories from the weekend. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the, the What a catch! Around the conference. Number one, the college football playoffs are set. Before we recap the games from the weekend, we do need to start with the fact the playoffs are finalized. And there was some suspense and intrigue to the reveal of the rankings yesterday morning, but at the end of the day, the playoff committee did exactly what we expected. They put in Notre Dame, who just got blown out by Clemson on Saturday, and they put in Ohio State, who struggled around with Northwestern on Saturday, but they won the Big Ten title game but they only played six games. Understand one thing about the college football playoff. They are not the NCAA. They operate independently. So what is their primary motivation? It's to get eyeballs watching their games for ratings and maximize their revenue dollars. That's it. They don't give a damn about, well, this team deserves to be in. No, the people running the college football playoff are out for ratings and money. And that's it. The best way to do that, get the biggest brands in college football. You got Bama, you got Clemson. Let's add Notre Dame and Ohio State. I'm not saying people would not have tuned in had Texas A&M or Cincinnati been in there, but they know people are going to tune in for those four big brands. As for Texas A&M, I would not have been mad or upset if they've gotten in. Part of me thinks they probably should have gotten in over, say, Notre Dame or Ohio State, who barely played a schedule. But consider this. Despite the fact the Aggies have won seven straight since that loss to Alabama, which they lost by four touchdowns, since that time, who have they really beaten? And I know the easy answer is, oh, the next week after they lost to Bama, they beat Florida. That's right. But that win over Florida was eons ago. And even though at the time it was big, that Florida team went on to just finish with their, their third loss over the weekend. After that, a and beat Mississippi State, Arkansas, South Carolina, fired their coach, LSU, awful defense, Auburn, fired their coach, and Tennessee might fire their coach. None of those teams finished with good records except for Auburn. As we mentioned, they fired their coach after they went 6-4. and four. Now they did win all those games by double digits. I heard some people putting that talking point out there, but not many were very dominant wins. Like, this was the year that they should have beat LSU into submission with that awful defense. Kelamon scored just 20 points in that game. They won by 13. They beat Auburn by 11. They beat Mississippi State by 14. My point in saying all this is, if Texas A&M were truly trying to impress the playoff committee, They should have been taking teams to the woodshed. I mean, go out and beat LSU by 30. Go out and beat Auburn by 25. Put up some dominant wins in there. You know, when we think to the LSU team with Joe Burrow a year ago, that's what they were doing to teams. In fact, they beat the snot out of Texas A&M a year ago. What Texas Texas A&M needed to do was force the playoff committee to say, we have to put A&M in. But they didn't. And so they're left out it, it stinks I get it I, I sympathize with all the Aggie fans out there all I'm saying is those are all reasons why A&M didn't get in and I know the easy thing is to go well, what about Notre Dame what about Ohio State stop not talking about any of them because again I don't think I think you can make a case either way all I was saying was simply who's A&M beating? and again you're gonna play, beat up on a bunch of crappy teams who're all finished sub 500 in the SEC. Well, then you need to beat the snot out of those teams. You did it against South Carolina. I'll even give it. You did it against Tennessee on Saturday. But man, they should have. They should have beat other teams into submission, and they didn't. As for Bama, ho hum. Yet another playoff appearance for them as they open as one of the biggest playoff favorites ever. According to betonline.ag, they are 19.5-point favorites over Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl, which will now be played in AT&T Stadium in Arlington, by the way. So players, families, and friends and fans will now be able to attend the game in it relocating from Pasadena. Bad news for Alabama, they lose offensive lineman Landon Dickerson to a knee injury, so they're going to have to move on without him. It sounds like Chris Owens, who was a four-star recruit from 2016, could be the guy to fill in. He's a guy who can play both center, guard, or tackle, so we'll see if that plays a factor in Bama's playoff games. Or game, if they lose, but they're going to play multiple playoff games. Number two, other SEC bowl games. All right, we got South Carolina at 2-8. They are going bowling. They will take on UAB in the Gasparilla Bowl this Saturday in Tampa. Mike Bobo will still coach the team, despite Shane Beamer taking over as the next head coach. Luke Doty is going to get the start again at quarterback. They will miss their leading receiver, Shy Smith, who had already opted out. But a good chance for a scrappy South Carolina team to go prove themselves against a, a really good UAB team, build some momentum heading into the offseason. Other games next week. On December 30th, Mizzou will take on a top 25 team in Iowa in the Music City Bowl in Nashville. Mizzou was having a really good season before they got blown out in their last two games against Georgia and Mississippi State. Coach Eli Drinkwitz really want to win this one to salvage what was a really solid year one in the SEC for him. Also on December 30th at night, the Cotton Bowl in Jerry's World, a heck of a matchup as we get Florida versus Oklahoma, battle of two top ten teams and a rematch of the BCS National Championship game from over a decade ago. I have a feeling Kyle Trask and company are going to score a lot of points. We always talk about those Big 12 defenses. Well, here's a chance for Florida to go put it on a Big 12 defense. On New Year's Eve, we'll get top 25 Tulsa against 3-7 and seven Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas. Mike Leach and his quarterback Will Rogers riding high after their dominating win over Mizzou. Tulsa put up a really good fight versus Cincinnati in the AAC title game. So we're going to see if Will Rogers can keep settling into that Leach offense going into the offseason. Also on New Year's Eve, West Virginia versus Tennessee in the Liberty Bowl. This is a fun one just because... Prior to their matchup back in 2018, remember when they played each other? These two programs hadn't met in 127 years. Now they'll play again for the second time in two years. Tennessee's last appearance in the Liberty Bowl was 34 years ago, back in 1986. Phil Fulmer released a statement saying, it's a great bowl, a great city, and we're excited about seeing our alumni there. Maybe a chance for Jeremy Pruitt to end the season on a high note after losing seven of their last eight games at night on new year's eve it's the texas bowl in houston between three and seven arkansas and tcu a rough finish for sam pittman and company losing their last four regular season games this is going to be a really tough one against a good tcu team but the razorbacks will have a chance because they have two good coordinators in barry odom and kendall bryles on new year's day we get georgia taking on undefeated cincinnati in the chick-fil-a peach bowl in atlanta this is a game where georgia would normally pack the house but I wonder with limited fans in attendance, how many Cincy fans are going to make this trip? Really, really fun battle between two top 10 teams. And we'll see if Georgia can keep carrying that momentum they've had ever since JT Daniels took over at quarterback for them. Also on New Year's Day, it's Auburn versus Northwestern in the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Really tough game for Auburn with Gus Malzahn out of the picture. Northwestern has a really good defense. Bo Nix and company could be. In for a long day in that one. Then the afternoon, we get the Rose Bowl semifinal of Alabama versus Notre Dame. We already mentioned the Tide, nearly a 20-point favorite on betonline.ag. We'll talk more on that game in just a little bit. Then on January 2nd, we get NC State versus Kentucky in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. The Wolfpack went 8-3 and three in the ACC this year. And they also beat a ranked Liberty team in a non-conference game. Kentucky, I think, is going to have a tough time against NC State. Also on January 2nd, it's 4-5 Ole Miss against 11th-ranked Indiana in the Outback Bowl in Tampa. Lane Kiffin back there in South Florida where he was coaching at FAU. Indiana finished 6-1, and and their one loss, they gave Ohio State a really good fight. They beat Wisconsin and Penn State when they were both ranked really high. But you know Lane's going to let it fly on offense. This, This may be one to watch as we get closer to it. I'm not saying Ole Miss in the upset. But I like Lane Kiffin to score a ton of points against Indiana. And lastly, on the second, we get number five, Texas A&M against number 13, North Carolina in the Orange Bowl down in Miami. The Aggies still very upset about being left out of the playoff. They're going to have a chance to show everyone why they deserve to be in there, where they could take out their frustrations on Mac Brown in a really good matchup. Sam Howell, the quarterback at North Carolina, had a huge year throwing the football, so that's going to be A really good one. Those are your bowl matchups. Again, as we get closer to them, we'll break them a little bit more uh, in depth. Uh, We'll get down and dirty. But all right, when we come back, we're going to continue our top 10 takeaways from the weekend in the SEC, beginning with the Heisman race. Another weekend in the books, the last weekend of SEC play. Hopefully you guys had fun. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And hopefully you did it right with a Coors Light in your hand. We tell you guys all the time, Coors Light is mountain cold refreshment. It is the way to unwind when you're watching football on the weekends. It's what we've done every Saturday at my household throughout the SEC and college football season. Now it's bowl time, guys, so it's time to crank it up. If you've got any Coors Lights left in your fridge, first off, what are you doing? Why do you have any left over? But second, you need to run to the store, stock back up, and get some fresh Coors Light in your fridge. We know watching football is therapeutic. It is your uninterrupted me time and is your perfect excuse to chill and drink some Coors Light. It is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one that I choose whenever I need to unwind. So when you guys want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. That is Coors Light. You can get them in their new-look cans delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Don't even need to leave the house. And please remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo gang, college football is heading into the Bulls season. We got some big matchups this weekend. We got NFL regular season finishing up and the playoff picture getting a little bit more clear. There was only one place that you have to go that has you covered. And it is one place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. We've been telling you about all the bowl games that are starting up, all the SEC games. Look, there are lines already on all these games. Go check them out. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Go get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It is bet online. Not .com, not any of those weird other things. It is betonline.ag. Type that into your browser. It is your online sportsbook experts. Hey, guys. The holidays are about Giving. So I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked on Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we've been, telling you, we've been running through the uh, top ten uh, takeaways from the weekend in the SEC. We've only gotten like two in, so we have a whole lot more we got to get into and we've got to run through, so let's hop right back into it. Let's jump into number three, the Heisman race, and we'll kind of pair this with number four as well, which is Alabama winning the SEC. Back at the five, steps up, gets drilled. Yes, sir, he gets mashed. And that is going to be the ball game. Six, five, four, three. They can't snap it. They can't stop it. They can't win it. Alabama wins the ball the game. The game. What a game by Alabama! It was an amazing event right there. Sacked. Back to the seven by Harris. It'll be Christian Harris as Alabama wins the SEC championship. That's what it sounded like. Eli Gold on the call as Alabama wins the SEC championship game. But Florida, give them credit, man. They showed up and played their butts off. Bama wins this one, 52-46, way closer than anyone expected. Everyone shut out in this game. On the Florida side, it was Kyle Trask really balled out. Throws for over 400 yards, three passing touchdowns, rushes for another one. A costly fumble late in the game for him, but other than that, a monster day for Kyle Trask. On the Alabama side, look, all three of their big three went off as well. Mac Jones, over 400 yards passing for five touchdowns, did have one INT, but he was on the money. Then you had Najee Harris, who was an absolute stud, over 178 rushing yards for two touchdowns on the ground and another 67 yards receiving with three receiving touchdowns. Five touchdowns on the day. If he had been near the top of the Heisman conversation coming into this weekend, Najee Harris might have won this thing. But the guy who has been at the top of my list for weeks, Devontae Smith, 15 catches, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. He was outstanding as always, caught a big pass late. I think he won over a lot of people. The Alabama football team on Sunday voted Devontae Smith the team MVP for the season. That tells you all you need to know. The question is, did Devontae Smith do enough to change people's minds that the Heisman is supposed to be a quarterback award? It's not. Other people can win it. We just fall into this trap of every year giving it to a quarterback. It seems pretty simple at this point. Either it's going to Mac Jones or it's going to Devontae Smith. I just hope enough people voted for Devontae because he was clearly the best player in college football this year. And it's no knock on Mac. If Mac wins it, we'll applaud him and say, hey, congrats. And his stats back him up in the SEC title game. But again, my argument all year has been you take away Devontae Smith, I think Mac Jones looks human. You take Devontae Smith and stick him on any other team in the country, he makes that team maybe not good, but he would have some special moments on those teams and probably would elevate some of the lower tier teams. Devontae Smith, my Heisman pick. We'll see what the Heisman voters decided in a couple of days. Number five, LSU versus Ole Miss was probably the most entertaining game of the weekend in the SEC as the Tigers beat the Rebels 53-48. to It was a game that LSU jumped out to a big halftime lead, but here comes Lane Kiffin, Matt Corral putting up a ton of points in the second half. But the man of the night... LSU freshman wide receiver Kayshawn Boutte caught 14 passes for 308 yards and three touchdowns. Set the LSU record for receiving yards in a game. One of those catches was the go ahead touchdown with a minute 30 left. LSU freshman quarterback Max Johnson now 2 0 as a starter. And what a finish for the LSU Tigers, who had been kicked around. Really rough year following up their national championship victory and they are able to finish 5-5 five and, five and get back to five hundred. We know they already opted out of a bowl game, so this will be it until next August for LSU football. For Ole Miss, it's a tough loss to take for Lane Kiffin, whose offense put up over 550 yards on LSU, and it wasn't enough. Of course, they didn't have their dynamic receiver in Elijah Moore or their tight end Kenny Yeboah. Both guys opted out before the game. But a chance for Lane to go win his bowl game next week, and – Carry a little momentum into the offseason. season. will now head to the left. Widemeyer and Rennick, the two tight ends on the right. Isaiah navigating Isaiah across the goal line for a touchdown. Aggies number six, Texas A&M looked impressive against Tennessee. Still didn't impress the playoff committee, but they beat the Vols 34 to 13. The Aggies. We're still hoping to get a playoff spot, and this was actually one of their more impressive games of the year, racking up 500 yards of offense on the Vols in Knoxville and holding the Tennessee run game to just 24 net yards. Ty Chandler was just bottled up all day. The Vols and Jeremy Pruitt continued to play musical chairs with his quarterbacks. Harrison Bailey and J.T. Shroud, both guys threw touchdown passes, but just an awful performance overall for Tennessee as they got shut out in the second half. You have to really like AM's run game right now, too. Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith. Kellen Mond even showed off his legs in this one. AM with a chance to go win the Orange Bowl. It's not the playoffs, but it's a national stage and a really good bowl game. They'll hope to end the season with an eight-game win straight. Some other news that came out following this game, Vol quarterback Jared Garantano enters the transfer portal. In his tweet on social media, Garantano said he is exploring options for either the NFL Draft or continuing his collegiate football career elsewhere. He also thanked the coaching staff and fans for his time at Tennessee. Remember, he's a senior, but this year with COVID and everything else, NCAA has given everybody a pass. If you want to come back another year, you can. And because has graduated, he can transfer and be immediately eligible wherever he goes. It would be interesting to have him at another program. I wonder if he ends up at another SEC program. That would be intriguing. All right, when we come back, we'll hit on the rest of our top 10 takeaways from the weekend that was in the SEC. Quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar. We tell you all the time, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. 18 amazing flavors, six new ones out there, including the cookies and cream, my personal favorite. They are chocolate bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft, very easy to chew but none of that chalky aftertaste that you get from some of these other protein bars. You know the ones I'm talking about. When you're going to catch a smoothie at some of those places, and you go, oh, they got a protein bar. Let me pick this up. No, all those taste terrible compared to what Built Bars offer. Built Bars, great for the health-conscious guy, or if you're looking to just lose or maintain weight with a delicious afternoon treat, Built Bars are low-calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, Perfect for anybody just looking to shed some LBs. Of course, my favorite, the Cookies and Cream. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. They are the way to go. Just go check out their website, builtbar.com. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. If you find something you like, throw it into your cart, and when you hit the checkout button, make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We're along here, Locked On SEC. A reminder, NFL analyst Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson. They host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson. Named after them. Every Monday through Friday, Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. They'll get you your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson Podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing the conversation as we roll through the top 10 takeaways in the sec from the weekend we're all the way up to number seven so let's jump back in number seven mississippi state with a really impressive showing in their last game crushing mizzou 51 to 32. i really thought mizzou was going to bounce back in this game after getting blown out by georgia a week ago but man their struggles continued quarterback connor basilak threw three interceptions Mississippi State's defense, pretty scrappy, been pretty good, kind of under the radar for a lot of teams this year, but Mike Leach, good to see him getting his quarterback, Will Rogers, going on this one, throws for almost 300 yards with three touchdowns. The Mizzou defense, which has been really solid at times this year, they just had no answer for the Mike Leach offense, and the Bulldogs picked up just their second win in their last nine games. Been a rough season for Mississippi State, but they were having some fun on Saturday, so it's good for them, and... How about the bookends of the season for Mike Leach? If you only saw highlights from the season opener against LSU and the season finale against Mississippi State, you would have went, damn, Mike Leach and Mississippi State had a great year. There was a lot of downs in between there. Number eight takeaways from the weekend is Tennessee in trouble following yet another disappointing loss for the Vols. As if things weren't bad already, you hear that the University of Tennessee is conducting an internal investigation of the football program for alleged recruiting violations and alleged impermissible benefits to athletes. It's a source, source with knowledge of the investigation confirmed to the Knoxville News on Sunday. The investigation perta- pertains only to the football program and not any other Tennessee athletic programs. Football assistant coaches, athletes, and support staffers We're all interviewed as part of the investigation. Coach Jeremy Pruitt had not been interviewed as part of the investigation as of Sunday, they said. But if you notice the game on Saturday, running back Eric Gray and reserve quarterback Brian Moore were unavailable to play for the Vols against the Aggies. So take that for what you will. As one of my friends said, who's a big Volunteers fan, man, we cheated in recruiting. (laughs) We cheated and we're still losing? We didn't do it right. Like, if you're gonna cheat and get caught, like, at least win. At least have something to show for it. And the Vols don't have much to show for it, do they? Number nine, takeaways from the weekend in the SEC. Will Jalen Waddle be back? While considering injuries, the odds of Jalen Waddell being available for a national championship game are steadily improving, sources say. If he is cleared medically It is obvious Waddle wants to play for the Tide at least one more time. maybe a pipe dream. We may may maybe wishful thinking, but we'll see as Alabama goes along. They beat the snot out of Notre Dame, and they advance to the national championship. There is a chance Jalen Waddle could return for that game. But honestly, watching Alabama in recent weeks, does it look like they even missed him? Does it look like they need him? I'll tell you this, if they were to get him back and they're playing, say, a Clemson in the national championship, look out. Another embarrassment of riches for Alabama if they're getting back for the championship game. And number 10, takeaways from the weekend in the SEC. Shout out to the SEC for completing their football season when so many doubted them, so many questioned. In the end, they end up playing 69 of the 71 scheduled SEC football games this year, that is mighty impressive and it speaks to the great job that all the schools, players, coaches, support staff, everybody did and their commitment to try to do this thing and do it the right way and keep everyone safe. And for the most part, that happened. I saw Greg Sankey took to Twitter very late Saturday night and tweeted out, problems yield to effort great leadership from greg sankey this year in standing firm the sec look we're going to push the season back we're going to go to conference only we're going to play 10 games we're going to set up protocol across the conference and we're going to do this thing the right way and they absolutely did it the right way 69 of 71 sec games played this year and honestly those those two were just canceled in the last week or so you just kind of ran out of time of, of postponements with ole miss and uh some of the other games. But, man, very impressive. Greg Sankey, big pat on the back to him. And a big pat on the back to everybody over at the SEC office for getting this thing done. Now we're going bowling. We'll preview all the bowl games heading into uh, this weekend or at least next week. And it's crazy to think we got bowl games happening already. we got bowl games today happening already. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate all you guys for listening and subscribing. We're not going anywhere. We're going to continue talking SEC sports on a daily basis. We'll still be talking SEC football here the next handful of days. Everything from Alabama in the playoff, aftermath of AM still being left out of the playoff, but all the other SEC football teams playing in bowl games. And then we'll start to get into a little bit more SEC basketball talk as uh, conference action starts to ramp up here in the next couple of weeks. Of course, we'll have the big uh, second recruiting day coming up in February to break all that down. And before you know it, before you know it, I this vaccine starts getting spread out around and starts talking some spring football. We'll have another SEC football season right around the corner. It's sad. It's bittersweet that it's over. But at least we get some bowl games. It's always sad, though, when the uh, whole weekend of SEC football comes to an end if you're like me, you got a bunch of games on DVR and you're just going to go back and watch some throughout the week because it'll get depressing on Saturdays when you look around and go, I have nothing to do. All I'm doing is sitting on my couch drinking Coors Light, but I got no college football to watch. Alright, that's going to do it for me, Chris Gordon. Talk to you guys tomorrow right here in your home for SEC Conversation. It is Locked on SEC.